There once was a little girl named Becky. Becky was only five, but she was a curious little girl, always exploring, looking for buried treasure, around the family farm in the most unusual places. The washing machine, under the couch, between the mattress, and so many other sites she would search for her treasure, and whatever she would find, she put it in a little red lunch box she kept under her bed. Every day she placed one item in the box. A pencil her dad dropped under the car seat, a penny under the refrigerator, or even a ball of lint from the dryer. They were all gold coins to her. Every night, after her parents tucked her to bed, Becky put her treasures in the box, before she went to sleep. One day, Becky was out, treasure hunting in all her usual spots, but she couldn't find any treasure. She searched high and low, the kitchen sink, the dishwasher, even under the porch, but Becky couldn't find any treasure. It was getting dark, and Becky became more upset by the second, her face red with frustration. Becky stomped around the yard in a big circle clutching her fist, and holding her breath, until something caught her gaze. The old tree at the end of the field, dry and weathering away, with a hole near the base Becky had never seen before. What could be in it, she wondered. Filled with excitement, she ran to the tree, with her arms stretched out in front of her. Before her feet had reached the tree, she had already shoved her hands deep down in the hole in search of treasure. She paused. It was cold and wet, which was unusual given it was the middle of July, at the peak of summer. An awful smell filled her lungs. The scent of rot and decay was so overpowering, it seemed it was sucking the air right out from her lungs. But eager to get her prize, Becky pushed her hand deeper and deeper into the tree, until she found her prize. Becky's hands were cold, but she managed to pull out a small, black bag. It was covered with strange symbols and red smudges. Inside, Becky found small bones and feathers, a rat's skull, and the beak of a crow, along with a needle, a black crystal, and an aged candle. Fear crept over Becky. She knew she should put it back, something felt wrong about this bag. But she just had to have it. It was her treasure, after all. Becky closed the bag and ran to her bedroom, where she placed it in the red lunchbox under her bed and joined her parents for dinner. That night, while Becky lay in her bed, she was awakened by the putrid smell of rot and decay. It filled the whole room, she thought to herself, maybe I didn't close the box all the way. She leaned up to get out of bed. As her hand slid across the sheets, something small caught between her fingers. Startled, Becky picked it up and held it in front of her nightlight. A tooth, red and wet. Becky screamed. Her parents burst into the room with such force, Becky's nightlight came crashing to the floor. They turned on the light to see Becky's white silk sheets were covered in blood, with poor Becky sobbing uncontrollably. After a brief investigation, Becky's parents comforted her and explained every little girl loses her teeth as they grow up, and she shouldn't be scared. The Tooth Fairy will bring her a quarter before the night is over. Sure enough, when Becky awoke, she found not one, but four quarters under her pillow. Becky was so excited about the new treasure, she had completely forgotten about the little black bag from the night before. The following night, 
the same thing happened almost exactly as the night before, and the night after that, and even the night after that. This seemingly endless cycle would have gone on forever if Becky's parents hadn't been alarmed when one morning, Becky ran down the stairs stammering with excitement. But not with a tooth, but three fingernails, wanting to know how many quarters these were worth. The room fell silent, but only for a moment, Becky's dad sprang into action. He grabbed Becky in a single swoop and raced to the hospital. Becky's heart was pounding fiercely as she found herself under fluorescent lights, while doctors sprinted all around her with papers and long coats, so fast she couldn't gaze at their faces, she felt smothered in a blur of white. While the doctors grabbed samples of every type of DNA they could find, her parents waited outside the hall, gazing through the glass with fear and frustration. But Becky's mind was not present. All she could think about was her treasure, and how the tooth fairy had cheated her, and not given her the quarters she so rightfully deserved. As the days went on, test after test, the doctors seemed to be guessing what could have caused Becky's condition. Words like ectodermal dysplasia and post-traumatic stress disorder appeared to be all they talked about. But these words meant nothing to Becky. She only understood what she felt, alone and cold. During her five days in quarantine, aside from the occasional blur of white, her time at the hospital seemed relatively uneventful. Becky's doctors began to use words such as stabilized and miracle. Still, these words meant nothing to Becky. Although her health was improving, Becky always felt cheated and lied to. On the sixth day, the doctors, satisfied with her physical health, decided it's time to start improving her emotional state. They told Becky she could have one item from her home to make the last few days at the hospital go by quicker. My treasure, Becky exclaimed. The doctors, while confused, simply smiled. Becky was so excited that as her parents gazed through the glass window, at their daughter bouncing with joy on the bed, tears swelled in their eyes. Later that night, Becky's parents brought her lunchbox to the hospital and handed it to the doctor presiding over Becky, and they returned home after a long week of worry and restlessness to finally get some sleep. As the doctor handed the little red lunchbox to Becky, she snatched it out of his hands and held it to her chest, as if clenching onto it for dear life. Curious, the doctor asked, what kind of treasure do you keep in there? It's a secret, Becky replied with a smile so big and contagious the doctor couldn't help but laugh. With that, the doctor left, with no intention of returning till the next morning. Becky drifted off to sleep, leaving her treasure across the room on the hospital's old chair for attending visitors. She was awakened by the sound of metal tapping. It was quiet, almost like someone whispering a secret. She couldn't quite figure out where it was coming from. Becky got out of bed to investigate. She followed the sound across the room, right to her lunchbox. As Becky approached it, the tapping got louder and louder. She could see the lid of the box was shaking. Becky fixed her eyes on it, her entire being pulsed with curiosity. She stretched out her arm and reached out in front of her to touch it ever so cautiously. The lunchbox suddenly leaped straight up into the air and shook violently. Becky screamed. 
she slipped and fell backward, hitting her head on the side of the bed. The lunchbox continued to leap off the chair, getting higher and more aggressive with each leap. Becky was terrified. She screamed again and crawled under the bed. Tears now were running down her face as she desperately called for her parents. Mommy. Daddy. Again and again, she cried out, but her screams were drowned out by the sound of clashing metal. The lunchbox lid was dented. Something was trying to break out from the inside. Becky pulled her hair in front of her face, hoping this was all just a bad dream. She looked down into her hands to see balls of hair cascading onto the floor. Again Becky pulled on her hair to cover her eyes, but her hair kept falling onto the ground in clumps. Becky was terrified, she let out a shriek, but she could no longer scream, she tried to call for help, but all that came out was a whistle. The lunchbox crashed violently onto the floor and suddenly, stop. Becky's hands covered her face. The silence was almost deafening. It seemed time stood still. Becky finally worked up the courage to peer through her fingers across the room. Her hair still matted in her palms, she could just barely make out the shape of the lunchbox on the floor. Slowly spreading her fingers wider, letting her hair fall to the floor, what she saw made her heart sink. The lunchbox was open, laying on its side, with the top facing towards her. She could see straight down into it, but instead of her treasure. All Becky saw was two yellow eyes piercing through the darkness, into her soul. Paralyzed, unable to move, Becky felt helpless. All she could do was watch. A low growl filled the room as bony fingers, with long split fingernails, peeked out of the lunchbox in side corners, and slowly pulled itself closer to Becky. Unable to contain herself any longer, Becky screamed as the dark figure lunged at her, and engulfed her in a sea of red. It scratched at Becky, clawing and gnawing at her flesh. With every scratch, she could feel her flesh rotting as pieces of tissue scattered across the room. Becky tried to fight, she tried to run and get away, but it was too strong. It overpowered her in every way. Still, she kept fighting and fighting. She crawled towards the door in a last desperate attempt to escape. She stood up and ran for the hallway, but before she made it to the door, she felt its claws latch deep into her ankles and pulled her down to her knees. She screamed for her father one last time. Daddy. Her voice was drowned out by a sound that can only be described as a wild animal claiming victory over its kill. Becky was dragged into the darkness where her fate was sealed. The next morning Becky's parents came to visit, but were escorted away by hospital security before getting through the lobby. An overpowering smell of rot filled the whole hospital, and the building was sealed off as the police feared a wild beast was hiding somewhere in the facility. Of course, nothing was ever found. The hospital security tapes showed nothing but static during the entire event. Only the audio of that night was recovered, and to this day, sits in an evidence locker collecting dust with the rest of the unsolved disappearances. But not Becky's treasure. Sadly, Becky's parents couldn't return to everyday life after hearing that tape, never knowing what happened to their little girl. Everything in the house reminded them of her. 
they decided to sell all their possessions and start over in a new town. In a city where they could look at a dryer and not think about their little girl hunting for lint to put in her treasure box, or how she was never coming back, they put everything they had into the estate sale. The TV, the dresser, even the car, but not the little red box. Since the police never uncovered a body, Becky's parents were never able to have a funeral for her. Desperate for closure, the last thing they did, before catching the morning flight to Chicago, was bury the lunchbox in the backyard in an unmarked spot, near an old tree at the end of the field. The next family was friendly enough, a nearly perfect family of six, with four boys who loved to play outside, and a golden retriever who relished digging holes. What could go wrong?